On this Good Shepherd Sunday, the church gives us the theme of joy to ponder. In the collect, we prayed that God would lead us to a share in the joys of heaven so that the humble flock may reach where the brave shepherd has gone before. To reflect on this, we'll consider two questions. First, what exactly are the joys of heaven? And secondly, what is involved in reaching this place where our brave shepherd has gone? The first question, then. The joy, what are the joys of heaven? Psalm 100, which was our responsorial psalm, gives us an indication. It told, us to, it told all lands to sing joyfully to the Lord. Then it gives three important reasons why we should do this. First, it says that we should sing to the Lord because he is God. Secondly, because he made us, we belong to him, and he cares for us as his flock. And thirdly, because the Lord is good. It is the knowledge of these three things that gives us joy. The first and the third of these go hand in hand. Once we know that the Lord is God, we automatically know that he is good. How do we know that? It is because God is the supreme being, perfect in every way. He has no defects, no weaknesses. Perfect things are called good. They leave nothing to be desired. Think, for example, of the perfect game or the perfect dinner or whatever other example you might have. One of the joys of heaven, then, is perfect knowledge of God. We see God as he is. We marvel at his perfection and at his goodness. The second reason from the responsorial psalm for being joyful is our relationship to God. We are his creatures. We belong to him. He made us and cares for us. God created us simply because he wanted to. He didn't have to make us, and he doesn't really need us for anything. It doesn't hurt him if we choose to turn away and do our own thing. He is sorry in a manner of speaking, but only for our sake, because we can never find anything else to match the joy of being with him. God made us and loves us not because we are good, but because he is. Jesus says in the gospel that he gives his sheep eternal life, and they shall never perish. The joy of heaven is the possession of this life, the life of unity and love of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We just said that God is perfection itself, and so his life is perfect. We not only know this in heaven, but we actually participate in it, meaning that we are able to desire nothing else. We will rest in complete joy. Now for the second question. How do we reach this place where our brave shepherd has gone? The prayer over the offerings that Father will pray in a few minutes begs God that we may always find delight in the Paschal Mysteries so that the renewal constantly at work within us may be the cause of our unending joy. The Paschal Mysteries are the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ, the central content of all the scriptures. The way to reach the joy of heaven is to delight in them and to allow the grace made available to us through them to transform us interiorly. We must let God work in us. 
pondering the Paschal mysteries, letting them sink into our minds and hearts to become a part of us, sets our desires in the proper order. We can't love what we don't know. So the more we contemplate the Paschal mysteries, the better we'll know them. We will then love them more and and desire to reciprocate the love that God shows to us in them. These mysteries reveal the depth of God's love to us, and that Christ not only becomes our shepherd, but also one of us sheep. He is the Lamb of the book of Revelation, who is sacrificed for us and who washes us in his blood. If you will recall from the book of Exodus, when God was freeing the people of Israel from Egypt, the Lamb figures prominently. God has each Israelite family slaughter a lamb for the Passover meal and anoint the doorposts and lintels of their homes with its blood. The angel of the Lord then passes over those homes without harming the Israelites and punishes only the Egyptians. The feast of Passover became an annual celebration for the Jews. Christ offered himself on the cross at the time of the annual Passover feast. He is the true lamb of offering. Through his sacrifice, not only the Israelites, but all of humanity is freed from the bondage of sin. This feast is celebrated not only annually in a special way at Easter time, but also every day on the altar. Participating in it gives us joy because we are united in intimate communion with God himself who has redeemed us. But if the lamb suffered, so must we. Joy and sorrow are mixed together in the Christian life. Overcoming our sins and helping others to do the same is a long, painful struggle. We are still weak and sinful creatures. Even St. Paul complained of his inability to do the good he wanted and the inevitability that he sometimes did the evil he did not want. He also knew, though, the power of Christ's mercy and forgiveness and trusted in grace rather than in himself. Trials come our way not only from within, but also from without. So St. Paul and St. Barnabas, as we heard in the first reading, had to suffer the jealousy and violent abuse of some of the Jews in their work to spread the gospel. Despite this, they were filled with joy. All of the disciples were filled with joy, for God had extended the possibility of salvation even to the Gentiles, and they were delighted to receive it. Hope in Christ's final victory sustained Paul and Barnabas through their difficulties. They had heard the voice of the shepherd and followed him through the time of great distress to the place where there would be no hunger, no thirst, no strife, no tears, and all would be joyful in the Lord. Let us do likewise. Likewise.